Hello everyone, uh, John Thornett here for another episode of the Speaking Pharmacy podcast. Now you probably uh, get from uh, when you're listening to this that the environment is somewhat different because uh, I'm sitting here with this lovely lady, Sarah Stoddart, and we are at uh, Crown Casino at the moment. We just had a breakfast on uh, location rules this morning, so we've got uh, tummies full of coffee and tea and all sorts of sweet sugary things which is great but we had a lovely breakfast here and Sarah presented on uh, the location rules which which was very good it was a very enjoyable morning so we've uh, I sort of grabbed Sarah after the breakfast and we're sitting here recording this this podcast in the middle of Crown Casino as you do so I hope you're all well uh, what's been happening in, in, in Peakland recently? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, presented uh, a webinar, seminar type thing for the Future Pharmacy Program on uh, how to measure the performance of your pharmacy using KPIs. So that, that was a, a, great, uh, a great morning session again. And by the way, if uh, any of you uh, listeners out there, um, those who are thinking about ownership, um, or young independent owners, or anyone needing some help and advice. By the way, you can hear the clacker of the uh, of the teas and cups when they're cleaning up at the moment. So that's that's quite okay. You'll get used to that. Um, so if you're looking for some content on stuff about um, ownership. Um, Go to the uh, WA Guild website and uh, look up uh, Future Pharmacy Program. You'll see blogs there. Um, there's webinars there. There's a lot of content there. So make sure you register with the Future Pharmacy Program, which is uh, led by the uh, Pharmacy Guild of WA. Uh, and of course, uh, we're regular contributors with uh, blogs and uh, some of the webinars as well. But make sure there's some great content there. So make sure you go check that out and register. Um, we're also busy planning for APP. Uh, Peak is sponsoring the Wednesday session, the My Community Pharmacy Action Plan Day. So, um, so we're busy uh, planning that. I'm speaking on uh, uh, nine to ten, all about business growth. There's a bit of a workshop that will be running there, but it's going to be a good day. So uh, um, make sure you come along to that. It's going to be really good. And soon, we'll uh, Sarah and I will start uh, getting our heads around the WA Pharmacy Forum which is August, 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 Sarah's nodding, um, which you wouldn't have seen because you're listening. Um, so but we're, um, we're going to start thinking about that soon, which is good. And um, in May this year, we've got the um, Women in Pharmacy WA event coming up. So there's a, uh, there'll be a, uh, an evening event, which I think is going to be here as well at the Crown. No, it's going to be somewhere else. Um, I don't know. Details to come. Um, uh, but anyway, that's going to be a, a ripping event as well, um, and that's going to be really, really good. So stay tuned for that. So today, I have the lovely Sarah Stoddard sitting next door to me. Sarah Stoddard is a lawyer, very good on pharmacy matters. Most of her career revolves around pharmacy matters. Um, with uh, em employment law, leasing, um, sales purchase agreements, and all sorts of things along the way. Location rules, applications, objections. Um, Sarah does surround herself with uh, a lot of pharmacy stuff and she's very, very good at what she does. Sarah's based in uh, Brisbane and I was over there in uh, September and I made a point of going to see her because I knew she was good at what, at what she does. And uh, so I made a point of going to see her. So. Um, we organised this breakfast because um, Sarah was telling me that she was doing a uh, some breakfast on location rules. So 
um, I said, come over to WA. And, uh, and I got her to come over here and we did this breakfast this morning, which was really good. So, Sarah, welcome. Thanks, Sean. Thanks How are we this me. morning? Very well, thank you. you. had my croissant, I'm ready to go. Yes, yes. And did you enjoy the, the breakfast this morning? It was a great breakfast. Great yeah. to um, put some faces to names and get in touch with some WA pharmacists. So hopefully I'll get over here a bit more than I have done previously. But no, great breakfast. No great doubt there will, there will be another event that we'll be able to organise. Sure. And uh, no, no doubt we'll get you... Plenty to discuss. We'll get you back here again. So what I wanted to talk to you today is... The process of buying a pharmacy, which is, as you know, it's quite, for, for a first-time owner, or first-time pharmacist, their first foray into ownership, it's quite a big process, isn't it? It you've got is. got sale agreements, you've got leases, you've got finance, you've got structuring stuff. There's a lot of issues there that, that never would have accounted before, would No, it's, that's right. It's a long process. It's a daunting process. There's different um, components to it, obviously, yeah, that need yeah. to be considered. There's different people you need to get involved along the way. Yeah. The sooner you bring them into your tent, the better it probably is for you. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is a daunting process, and it's really good to get proper advice around that so that you can be guided through yeah, the process. Yeah. So who do you recommend um, for someone who's looking into it or starting to get serious about uh, putting an offer into something. Mm -hmm. Who do you suggest they have around you? Because you need like your team of advisors yeah, around absolutely. you, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. So your accountant and lawyer are obviously there with very um, specific roles that they play. Yep. A broker is sometimes involved, keeping yep. in mind that pharmacy brokers are usually for the seller, acting for the seller. But yep. if you can reach out to them, we do find that brokers will go to the people they know are interested before they'll go to open market. So if you are genuinely interested in, in starting to look at buying a pharmacy, reach out to the brokers so they know that you're there and can bring opportunities to you. Yeah, and that's quite often the, the issue, isn't it, for the young ones is, is just finding that right opportunity mm. and a lot, often you get the question of well, where do I go, who do I connect to and, and it is a matter of just getting your network happening, isn't yeah. it, getting in contact with the brokers, etc and, and uh, just being available for when an opportunity comes. Yeah, wholesalers too, they have people on the ground helping yep. people out that want to buy and with APP coming up in March, it's a great opportunity if there are people whose names you've heard that yes. you want to meet, yep. chances are they're going to be there, so reach out to someone who might already know them yep. and get an introduction. Yep, yep. Mm. So what I want to cover today and the reason I got you here is the legal issues mm -hmm. and you know look, lease agreements which is a whole topic in itself Absolutely. which which will cut you and I will cover another day um, but leasing is a huge problem but um, then you've got this sales contract phase which is the most important phase and sometimes comes into the point on which they're the least educated about stuff so I want to go through is some of the problems that you've encountered and uh, advice, tips and tricks for the young players and what to do to protect themselves. Sure. Now, a couple of uh, scenarios I want to run past you, if I may. Um, sometimes that I've seen the, um, when they're putting in an offer, sometimes they'll just accept the standard format from a mm, broker mm. or the owner, the, the, the current owner, oh, here's a contract that I've used before, yep. we'll just use this one, it's simple, don't go to a lawyer. Um, sometimes that can bite you in the bum, it sure later, can. particularly if it's poorly drug. Well, what are some of the examples that, that, that you have seen, what sort of problems 
can people encounter with a poorly drafted agreement? So with the offer, um, brokers certainly have their standard offer templates that they that are distributing, and that's absolutely fine. But you need to make sure there's enough specifics around that, uh, so that you can actually, when it comes time to get to the contract stage you know what was agreed and everyone's really clear about that. Yep. So let's not just put subject to finance, subject to approval. Let's put some time frames around that. How long do yeah, you need yeah. to find it? Talk yep. to your bank, make sure you've talked to them about how long they'll need and, and put that into the document. The other really the thing that can catch people out um, is who is the buyer? Who's been named there? Um, and and having, yep. having some guidance before you get to that stage about how you'll structure your ownership so that we can be as clear as possible in your offer stage. That's really important, not only so the parties are on the same page as to what has been agreed, but also when it comes time to drafting the contract, preparing the contract, the party doing that for you, whether that's your lawyer um, or someone else, can actually know what was agreed and it it speeds up the process until you get to the sign that dotted line a lot quicker, everyone's on the same page. As for using contracts that's been used previously, that, that's a red flag for me. Yeah. Obviously, yes. if the seller's yeah. presenting a contract that's probably drafted in the seller's favour, they may not have considered things that you want to look out for, like how are you going to deal with your customer accounts, how are you going to deal with the employees, uh, those sort of things that really need to be considered. And the, the, the so, stock clauses, yeah, things like right. that, which can be uh, uh, can be very one-sided mm. in some instances, Definitely. can't they? Yeah. yeah. So take that document, try not to feel pressured uh, into signing anything too quickly, make sure you get proper advice. Not only will it calm the buyer down, uh, but you'll, you'll get a better outcome along the way, for sure. And uh, rule number one, do not sign then ask a question. No, absolutely <laughs> Just uh, ask questions before the signature <laughs> goes on because your yes. world will be a hell of a lot easier and a lot less expensive. Certainly so have you seen some particular examples of problems of people who have um, like just gone into a sale agreement and signed and not really looked into it or understood it properly? Have you seen some examples of things that have just really gone haywire? Yeah, the so finance is a big one, um, particularly coming out of the Royal Commission, the timeframes for banks is getting yep. longer. If you're too stringent around your timeframes for that, particularly if we're talking about real hot property pharmacy uh, and you don't get financed by the date you said, possibly you could lose the whole deal. Mm. If, you, if you know the seller's not inclined to extend, then you've yep. got a real problem. Yep. Similarly, not allowing time for your approval process and making sure that's properly drafted. And perhaps we can touch on that a bit more later on. Uh, But then, as I mentioned, there's the actual practical side of a pharmacy business is like customer accounts because you might not want to end up inheriting a heap of customer accounts. You might not want to have to collect them for the seller. And those sort of things we are finding, yeah. people are left with this huge administrative burden yes, yes, because yes. they've agreed to take on customer accounts and collect them for the seller. And if you don't know the seller too, uh, it makes it really hard afterwards to yep. deal with that. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so any other um, examples you got there of... Um, of uh, clients that you've had to look after is the sale agreements just Mm. just stock as you mentioned is another issue Um, what are some of the issues there with the stock so obviously you want to know what your stock level is with pretty good Mm. um, degree of accuracy yeah the problems that we see are if stock comes in less 
buyers being forced to take the uh, sorry if it comes in less then obviously you've got a business that looks like it might be going under yeah um and some sellers tend to run stock down for yes. various reasons yeah yeah on the flip side if you've got stock coming in higher yeah. if you haven't drafted your contract properly you might end up being forced to purchase stock that you don't want yeah so some people don't want gift lines they don't want photo frames they don't want you know chi chi makeup from three christmases ago <laughs> and they might end up with it if they've yes. signed a dotted line it yeah. says you'll take the stock regardless of yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, uh, is restraint of trade clause, I know this is a whole issue in itself, but uh, is that is, is that ever become an issue? Or is it is more there as a token protection? Yeah, I'd have to say, John, it's a token protection. They're hard to enforce, those mm. clauses. So for a um, CBD pharmacy or city, you know, that sort of area, suburbia, we're seeing three years, five kilometres as your stock standard. Yeah. Pharmacists might go and work in that area. It's very hard to enforce that simply because you're preventing them from earning their livelihood. Yeah. Rural um, pharmacies, it goes a lot further out. So it yep. might be 30 or 40 kilometres. Yeah. But actually getting to the point of enforcing that isn't happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So moving on, um, not leaving enough time for the approval process. What, what, what does that mean and what's... Uh, what's some of the problems you, that can happen if you just leave things too late? Because, um, as, and I don't know what you say with, with your clients, as a general rule of thumb, I say uh, from a settlement period, nothing less than three months. Yeah. In uh, less than three months, it's just too much stress on not only the buyer, but the banks, the advisors, mm. the lawyers and accountants. There's a lot of stress all the way. Not Definitely. the fact that you've got this approval process you have to go through as well and get everything lined up yeah it's, it's the timing is quite critical it is isn't it? we did an audit of our files about a year ago and our average settlement time frame was 14 weeks so there's your three months yeah and it sounds unbelievable because people might have you know bought and sold a house in 30 days yeah it just doesn't happen like that in business the approval process is one um, where certainly in WA there's fixed time frames which I think does help in having you know, a guideline as to how long things are going to take yep. because there's fixed meeting dates. Over in Queensland, we don't have that. So that whether that help or hinders, people have varying opinions on yep. that. You need to allow enough time, obviously, to get your application in by the date that you need to, um, but to also before that to allow the time to gather the documentation. Yep. So you need a signed contract. You're going to need evidence that the landlord is okay with you being there when you buy it. You've got to have your structure set up. Um, and you need plans, and plans, particularly if none exist already, do take time to prepare and mm, the cost associated yes, yep. with that. The WA board changed its requirements for plans um, in December, so they're, they're quite strict about what you need to have on the plans, and you yep. need to be familiar with that, otherwise you just go around in circles trying to fix them up, which is a waste of time yep, and money. Yep. So, so the approval process, you've got to have you got to have finance done by then? Yes, you need to submit your finance documents Because that, well. that, that in itself can, can take time. Certainly. So finance and then the lease process can, can sometimes can be drive. delayed because yes. you've got to rely on the landlord and that can take forever. Mm. Um, so there's actually a lot of things. Do you, you find people don't appreciate the time it takes to have to get to the approval process and the time needed? 
I do, and I, I think it's just an education. It's not a naivety thing that things can be done quicker. It's just an education that things do take time. So yeah. as you say, your finance, the banks need time, particularly if they've got to do a valuation, they've got to get loan documents done, they've got to get them out to be signed. Yeah. You might need independent advice on a guarantee, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And as you say, you've got to have all that in place before you get to that date. Yeah. Um, and they are key dates for lodgement. Yeah. After you've lodged, so you've got all your paperwork together and it's gone in, you're then obviously waiting for the outcome and then you start the federal uh, yeah. application process. Yeah. So what sort of, um, as, a, as, a, as a guide, if it's possible, is from the time that they've got all the documentation ready to lodge until approval, what sort of time frames are you generally looking mm. at there? So as I mentioned in WA, you've got your fixed dates for meeting time, so yep. you'll know your lodgement date um, might be a couple of weeks between the lodgement date and the meeting date. Mm. The federal government, so the Department of Health, need that state approval to be able to do what they need to do. Yep. So the federal government is indicating a 30 business day process from, from the moment the application goes to them to when your approval number is activated yep. at the yep. end. That's a, that's a fair chunk of time, 30 business days. Yep. It might happen quicker and we are seeing it a bit quicker in practice, um, but you need to allow that time, otherwise you could get caught out. And again, you're then asking for extensions, which is time and cost and stress. Yeah, actually just in that regard, you just uh, touched on there, the, um Extensions for time after settlement. Is there problems with that? Can people get it can be sort of get, get get narky about it all and Yeah, so obviously unless you have an as of right uh, ability to extend and that will come down to whether it was drafted in, but if you've signed without it then that's unfortunate. If you then need an extension for any condition, whether it's your finance or your approval, you need to ask the seller. Mm. Um, some sellers may have already checked out of the business and they thought they were selling by a certain date and they've gone and booked a holiday, mm. uh, they're not going to be happy wanting to extend. Mm. You might also have a problem with your approval such that you have to extend. And again, you need to go back and ask the seller. So certainly people do get narky. Yep. I recommend building in an as of right, but if you can't get that, it's a matter of negotiation and that can really go either way. And as a buyer, you're in certainly the um, weaker bargaining position there because you are desperately wanting an extension. Yes, and it's that's... All on the seller to decide whether to give it to you yeah yeah it's it's um in, for most deals do do you generally find that most people can hit settlement or you find that most of them tend to go over i'd say most have to extend it's, yeah it's pretty that's um, quite common is it yeah oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's rare that the date that everyone agreed on at the start yeah. is the date it actually settles yeah. on unless you're really realistic about your time frames. yeah yeah so then going back to the point we made before about a appropriately worded sale agreement that's where you sort of need your lawyer on your side mm. who's going to protect you if you need to extend yes because you can see that uh, that clause on settlement could be quite harshly worded and mm. say so if most do run over you can see there's some problems lining yeah, up there. Yeah and you know your seller might hit you up for interest on the late payment or some other sort of penalty yeah. which can be quite harsh but if you're in the desperate position of needing to extend and that comes your way there's not a lot you can do. Yeah. Um, I'd also strongly recommend your lawyer that you are using it knows the pharmacy business transactions. Oh yes uh, yeah that is so, that's so true. Familiar, it? it's just yeah. a headache and again it's yeah. time and cost. Yeah. For you. Yeah.